You're the ProPod KJ. So I just sent a message that I was looking for my phone. Actually, I really wasn't looking for my phone. I went on my computer because I got a webcam so I could use my computer. And I went on my page and I couldn't find any go live anywhere. So I spent like five minutes. And then I had to figure out where I left my phone. I left my phone in the car. So life is difficult. On the phone, it's very easy. Go live is right there. When I went on my computer, then I went on my computer and I went on to my page, professional page, and lo and behold, there was no go live. And all of you are going to say, oh, it's right there. Okay, so if it's right there, I want you to show me where right there is. Um, anyway, I think I ended up getting on the page that you, you all see, because there's no, it says here live, but that's just recorded. And I think this is what I ended up on the page that you see rather than my own. Anyway, so I'm going to have to spin you all around a little bit in order for me to set up. So you may want to close your eyes for a minute because I have to take this off. Set up a stand. Put you on the stand. And then once you're on the stand, I'll have to move you around a little bit. Okay, we're not finished yet, because when I have to move you, I have to set you all up nicely. Now, you can hear me, because I'm not sure this cable actually works properly. So, can you hear me? Yes, no, maybe? Maybe we'll just leave you over this side. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. And, yeah, I just need to know that you can hear me. Give me a sign that you can hear me. <clears throat> I'm going to put a light on. Yes, you can hear me. Okay, good. So, yeah, I had um, planned to do it on my computer, and I just thought, no, we just go on my computer and log in, and everything would be beautiful. And you would just see, I think Facebook changes periodically, so... What is, 
Where live, go live was once, go live is not there now. I can't even find it. I'm going to need your help. Okay, so we decided that today we would talk about the questions that you all had. And Satyarupa is saving those questions. I also have them, some of them, I think. Uh, the, question, the question is, can I find where I put them? That's the question. And so far it looks like, no, I can't. Hold on. You know, you look for something and you have to remember. Okay, then you're all saying, well, just go by date. Then you remember. Okay, date modified. This could help for those who are overwhelmed. Well, I don't know the, where the questions are. So Satyarupa, are you there? You have the questions. And, and these are questions, I believe, from Monday. And if Satyarupa's not there, is she here? Anywhere floating around? I don't see her. Where is she when you need her? I asked her to come with the questions. I had, there she is, Satyarupa. Can you put the questions up? The ones you think I should answer is, I don't know where I put them on my computer. In fact, I may not have saved them. My computer, I think, shut down. And I had them on my screen. Oh, daily class. Questions. I found them. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Okay. So, this is um, going to cover a few days' worth of classes. Which way is the most effective way to control the senses? How can I be coherent with my desire to humbly serve Krishna through his pure devotee? When my mind is still weak and interrupts me, making me think that I don't advance and get frustrated. Well, you know, one of the, one of the most amazing instructions I got was on the morning of my initiation. And the temple president said to me, he said, it looks like we need to cleanse, cleanse the lands. Okay, hold on everyone, close your eyes. It's time to let the Brahma Jyoti come in. Yeah, I think that's better, isn't it? So one of the things he said to me was, don't try to make advancement, just try to please Prabhupada. So that would solve all the problems for all of you who think I'm wretched and lowly and this and that and I'm not making any advancement. Well, no problem. You don't have to make advancement. You just have to try to please Prabhupada. So that solves that problem. Okay. Which way is the most effective way to control the senses? Regulate them, have a schedule. Uh, for many of you who say, I don't have time to do this and that, just put it into your schedule, just regulate it. And then you'll have time to do this and that. Okay, but, but right now, if we move this over, you can see Prabhupada better, right? 
Yeah, I can see. Also. So, how to control the senses? Well, one answer is we pretty much can't. And because we can't, we create regulation. And so, you know, how do I control my eating? Well, just eat at certain times. How do I not overeat? Well, eat with your intelligence. You know, put on the plate what you know you need and don't need anymore. It's kind of like you have to compartmentalize or put yourself in boxes or something to help control yourself. And that's what, that was Prabhupada's instruction. You have sadhana and then it regulates your senses and have service. You know, last week I had so much service, I was eating breakfast like one thirty. I it was like I couldn't stop. I had I, I was just thinking, I don't want to eat until I get a certain amount of work done, and I had so much work, I, was, I just couldn't eat peacefully until I got the work done. And I was thinking, and then a lot of nights I go to bed really late. I just, you know, there's things to do, and I just have service, and I go to bed late, then I get up early because there's so much to do. And I was thinking, it's because of the service that I'm eating and sleeping less. So if you have you don't have much to do and you know then you have time to eat and sleep. So regulated and then all the gaps you feel you know no free time you know no time for maya all the gaps you feel with service. And um my mind is weak interrupts me making me think I don't advance. Yeah all right so we answer that don't worry about advancing just worry about pleasing Prabhupada. That, that will solve all the, I'm not very advanced, I'm bad, I'm not uh, becoming Krishna conscious, frustration, depression, guilt. That'll, it doesn't matter, just try to please Prabhupada. If you can please Prabhupada and you please your guru, you please Krishna, then what does it matter if you're advanced? <laughs> doesn't matter. I went out today and distributed 100 Bhagavad Gita's, but I'm not advanced. I'm such a fallen soul. Oh, don't worry about it. You just please Prabhupada tremendously. What more could you ask for? Could someone be both extreme of things, of cognitive distance, dissonance? I think we answered this. Overly arrogant and overly aware of their faults. And be aware that they're arrogant and feel worse. You can... As I said, generally, if you're arrogant, you're not aware of your faults. That's the meaning of arrogance, that I'm perfect. Be aware that they're arrogant. You could be aware you're arrogant, but that would be called humility. So when humility strikes in, it destroys your arrogance, and then you become aware. But you wouldn't be hopeless. Okay, we have to address something. This is really important. And uh, it actually frustrates me tremendously because Priyam Vadha is asking this question and she's saying, if I'm arrogant and I become, I'm, and I become aware of my arrogance, when, then that might make me feel worse than if I were arrogant and might make me feel hopeless. Okay. Priyambada, that is a subjective statement that is not an absolute objective shastric reality or any kind of reality. That if I become 
humble. If I realize I'm arrogant, which means I'm becoming humble, then I would be, what did you say, worse, I would feel worse and hopeless. The feeling worse and hopeless is more of an indication of your own, what should I say, well, I'll say personality, or your own nature, than the nature of realizing that I'm arrogant and becoming humble. So you have to realize that. It's not, because you're asking, the way you're asking the question is you make it sound like, well, this, if I'm arrogant and then I have enough humility to realize I'm arrogant, that wouldn't I become hopeless and feel worse? That That is your subjective reality because you're feeling, yeah, if that happened to me, I would feel hopeless and I would feel worse. So you have to understand that you're, you're processing, that's how you process things. And so whenever you have a question of philosophy, this is not just for her, but for anyone, whenever you have a question of philosophy and you come up with a conclusion like this, you have to understand it's just your nature processing the philosophy and thinking it's going to come out like this. You understand? This is my spiritual revolutionary t-shirt. And I was going to go online with my new camera so that you could actually read it because we shifted around. Because here everything's backwards and we can't shift it around because I don't have an iPhone. It doesn't work on a Samsung. So I was all excited wearing my t-shirt. You could actually read it. And then I couldn't even get online. It's like, ah. <laughs> you ever like have to do something and you go on to, you know, on, on the website of the company and you follow exactly what they say and you hit every right button and it doesn't work. That ever happened to you? Yeah, it happens to me like 10 times a day, right? Anyway, so that's another, that's a topic for another discussion that we're not the supreme controllers and we hit the wrong, we hit the right button and the wrong thing happens. Yeah, that's what I want. You ever hit the right button and the wrong thing happens? Well, I did that yesterday like six times. Following the instruction, and usually it's like one little thing you miss or the instruction was for an earlier version or that instruction only works on Macs and you're looking for everything and you can't find it. And then I have a Mac and I'm not Mac realized and I go into the finder to find everything and you can't find it. It's not there. Then you have to go to a, like in Windows, everything is there, but in Mac you have to go into a window that says go, and then you have to hit certain buttons, and then it shows up in your finder. It's like, that's like you have to go into your closet, <laughs> and then you have to find a jacket, and then you have to go into the pocket of the jacket and take something out, which you could have just left on the shelf. Yes. Anyway, my life can get very frustrating. I'm trying to <laughs> do a lot of technological things. Um. Uh, the last few days, and ah, when I go through that, sometimes I think, "Where's the nearest cave? I just need to sit in a cave and chant Hare Krishna. That it would be a lot better than trying to find little things and put things in the proper folders. But you put it in the proper folder, but you didn't. You didn't say this mantra, so the folder won't open. Yeah, it's like that. Anyway, that's just me. So this is a very important point." Priyam, Priyam Vada brought up a point, and such an important point, and she didn't even realize she brought it up. I hope you understand what I'm saying. She's saying if you, if, if you 
become humble enough to know that you're arrogant, you'd become hopeless and, what did she say, you feel worse. That is totally how she would feel. It's not how, no offense to you, I'm just saying that's your nature. That, you know, if, if some fault is pointed out, it sounds like what you're saying, if I realize I have a fault, I feel hopeless and worse. That's a really unhealthy response to recognizing a fault. And I'm sure you're not alone in feeling that way. Extremely unhealthy response. Do you have faults? Yes. Do you need to, to, to work on your faults? Yes. How can you work on your faults if you don't find them and are not aware of them? You can't. Do you need to become aware of your faults? Yes. Now, if I become aware of my faults and I become depressed and hopeless, it's better I just stay arrogant and, you know, and you know, just live a life of illusion and, and I'll be fine. It's kind of like that's what you're saying. You know, if I just stay arrogant and I don't see my faults, then, you know, I can just kind of kid myself that everything's fine. But if I become humble and see my faults, then I just become hopeless. Priyavada, do you realize what you just said? You're, you, this is so important for you. You've just, you've just explained how you process things. So now that you know that you process the, these things, you, you need to... Start working on that to develop a better attitude. That when you see a fault, it's just a fault. It's like it's like so many of us, when we see a fault, it's like end of the world, end of the universe. Uh, time, you know, where's where's a knife? I have to kill myself. It's why? Why do you think that way? You think you're perfect? You think you have to be perfect? You think faults are like demons from another <coughs> universe? And if you have one, you're you're like you don't you're not worthy of living what kind of crazy idea is that and if you're afraid of faults how are you going to become humble because humble means to see my faults well time to plug in the phone and i hope when i plug this in it doesn't go zip 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 because sometimes it makes noise let me know I think it also depends on where the cord travels. Okay, let me know if it's making noise. So, I don't know if Prabhupada, she's even here listening. But I'm sure all of you can relate to this. You take the philosophy and you come up with a conclusion, and then the conclusion is based on your own, we'll just say, stuff you need to work on. It has nothing to do with the philosophy. So that's what I want to say about this question, because that's is such an important point, which is being revealed here, unknowingly. Excuse me. Do you all understand what I'm saying? So it will come up with a conclusion that's simply based on a, a person, a, 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 our own our own in unhealthy way of seeing the world and understanding ourselves, And then we think, well, you know, but if I'm Krishna conscious, then and if I become a devotee, then I'm going to realize I'm imperfect and then I'm going to be like dwelling in shame. And all right, what's the conclusion? Oh, I won't become a devotee. I'll just smoke marijuana and then like no problem. Everything will be fine. Is that the conclusion? Hold on. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, what's the alternative? If I become a devotee, then, you know, I'm going to realize how imperfect I am and I'm going to become depressed and hopeless and, oh, okay, well, just drink vodka. You know, that, that should solve the problem. <laughs> you know, Hare Krishna. <laughs> Yeah, I know you didn't see it that way, Priyambada, but this is really important for you that you're seeing, that you're understanding, that you're, you, um, you, yeah, you're afraid to see your faults. Raise your hand if you're afraid to see your faults, because if you are, guess what? You're in the wrong movement. You need to, you need to go to the bar and just drink, drink your faults away. Because in the Hare Krishna movement, if you want to overcome false ego, you have to be ready to look at your stuff in reality and just say, okay, I'm imperfect. Big deal, you're imperfect. What else is new? Is there? Have you met anybody perfect yet? Like you're, like you're the flaw of the universe and no one else and everyone else is perfect and you're that one imperfect being? <laughs> I think we need to, I think we need to take how should I say it? Take joy in our imperfection. I think we need to, you know, bathe in the bliss of our imperfection. And why? Because we're on the path of perfection. So, you know, it's like... <laughs> it's like I give you a ticket to go to Vrindavan. Okay, it's lockdown, but let's say it's not the lockdown. I give you a ticket to go to Vrindavan, right? And, and you get the ticket and you think... Oh, Vrindavan, it's so far away. I have to take an airplane. I have to sit in an airplane. And and I would think, what's wrong with you? I just gave you a ticket to go to Vrindavan. Yeah, but then when you get to Delhi, you got you know, to get to Vrindavan, and you get to Vrindavan, and you got to go to some guest house, and then you guest house, and you got to walk to the temple. I'd look at you and think, something's wrong with you, you know. You have to get on the plane and you have to sit eight hours and it's so long. And so the, the whole way to Vrindavan, you're just thinking about everything that's wrong with the trip. You know, yeah, but I'm imperfect, you know. Yeah, but you're on the way back to God. Yeah, I know, but I'm imperfect. Yeah, but you'll be dancing with Krishna uh, very soon at the end of this life, maybe. Yeah, I know, but there's something wrong with me. You know, I'm so arrogant who cares? You just stay on the road and you'll go back to Godhead. Yeah, I know, but, you know, I'm not perfect. And Yeah, but you'll be dancing with Krishna at the end of his life. Yeah, I know, but, you know, I'm not that humble. It doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not perfect. Hello, you've been in the material world like a million lives. You expect to be perfect? Hare Krishna. This is like, it's it's just doesn't make sense at all. And it's all stemming from this social context where we live in where everybody has to be perfect and every woman has to be a, a model and you know has to be underweight and every guy's got to have a little beard and big muscles and a few tattoos and some earrings and look tough and be sexy and have a lot of money and drive a nice car and wear super clothes and and you know and and do you do you realize that so I'm in a mood today, I don't know. You're probably going to never want to listen to another class. I'm really in a mood of chastising. And please don't take offense at this, but there's a problem in India with this 
issue. It's, it's a huge problem. And, and we, and those of you in India, you need to realize it. I was in Jamaica years ago. And in Jamaica, you'll see a lot of guys wearing big gold crosses and big gold necklaces and, you know, like, like five, six, ten thousand dollars worth of necklaces, right? If you go to Beverly Hills, do you think people in Beverly Hills walk around with big gold chains and necklaces that say, hey, I got a lot of money? Of course not. And if they did, people would look at them and say, what's wrong with you? Why, why do you have to walk around and you know, show people? You know? Isn't it? Of course, they do it in their own way, just driving, <laughs> driving their Ferraris and Rolls Royces and so forth. But you, you understand, generally, a lot of very wealthy people, wealthy people walk around in T-shirts and, and funky cut-off and funky shorts. <laughs> they do. So anyway, so... In India, I've been given people's business cards. And unlike America, what's on their business card is two, three, or four titles. I, I don't understand what the titles I think they're some of the titles are, are just maybe educational degrees. We don't it doesn't seem like we have all those titles in America. But in the West, people would be embarrassed to do that. You might say, you know, so-and-so PhD, that's it. Or doctor so-and-so, that's it. But I find in India, it's like two, three, four, five things. It's like, like, why do you need to do that? What's going on here? So it means, I don't think it's always been that way in India, but it means that this consciousness is like pervading it. Well, I only have like one thing after my name, and he has three. There must be something wrong with me. That's what's going on, isn't it? Right? And we've talked about this a lot. So my message to all of you is you're not imperfect. It's okay, so just get over it. And just don't worry about it. You're on your way back to Godhead. It doesn't matter. What matters is you chant your rounds, you follow principles, you hear, you associate. That's what matters. It doesn't matter that you're imperfect. Hello, of course. If you were perfect, you wouldn't have a body. It's just we just have to get over this. This is this is absolutely ridiculous, crazy. And then some of you have, have these parents who are like, Why aren't you a doctor? You're only an accountant. What's wrong with you? You're smarter, you can do that. And it's like it's so weird. Bhagavad Gita, it's all about Arjuna, do your duty, your chatriya. And Krishna wasn't saying, you know, Arjuna, your chatriya, but there, you know, if you if you were like like a Brahmin, there'd be more prestige, you know, you'd get more respect. So I think I think maybe we should work for Brahman, you know, because it's a higher position in the Varnashram. Did Krishna ever say that? No. Do your parents say that? Yes. Do your parents read Bhagavad Gita? Well, they say they know it. You go in India, distribute Bhagavad Gita. Yes, yes, I'm knowing. Yes, yes, I have Bhagavad Gita. Why don't you act like you have it? 
You have Bhagavad Gita. I've read, I've read. Why don't you act like you've read it? You act like you've never read anything. You act like you don't even know what it is. So <laughs> I think even more so in India, there's this, you know, you got to be the higher, higher, better, go more, more, higher is better, higher class, higher class, better education, more money, higher education, get another degree. Then, he, then you can put it on your card and you can walk around giving out your card. Excuse me, sir, do you know who I am? Give your card out. I mean, this stuff, we have to see through it. It has no place in bhakti. I just have to like, we all have to get over this. And, and I'll tell you, the biggest problem of all of this is that you come into Krishna consciousness and you bring in that mentality. I got to become a leader. I got to be, you know, prestige, you know. I'm, I'm graduating from cotton dhotis to silk dhotis, you know. That's, that's a sign you're making advancement, you know. I'm graduating from the Casio watch to the whatever the, the latest watch is, you know. I'm serious. I am dead serious. <laughs> when I was young devotee, the, the watch of the day was the Seiko. So it's like, if you're wearing a Seiko watch, you must be a leader in ISKCON. You must be important. If you have a silk dhoti, you must be like somebody. Oh, oh, look at that Prabhu. He's got a silk dhoti and a Seiko. And he's got a little briefcase. He must be the man. I'm serious. That's what it was like. So we bring this mentality in you know, that I have to have the trappings of success and so forth. And we don't want to bring that into to bhakti because it destroys, it's just there's no place in bhakti. So, it's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to have faults. It's fine. Not that, it, not that it's okay. You, we have them. What's not okay is to become discouraged by it. What's not okay is to give up the, your determination and enthusiasm to do your sadhana and your hearing and chanting and your service because you have faults. That's not okay. And if that affects your bhakti, it's 100% maya. So, Priyam Bhada, that mentality you have, it's just maya is taking advantage of your, of your psychology and turning it against you so that if you actually make advancement in Krishna consciousness by becoming humble enough to see your imperfections, you become hopeless. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, Takaharidas was the most humble devotee, and as a result of his humility, he became completely hopeless and stopped chanting. No, you don't read that in, anywhere, do you? Sanatana Goswami, he approached Mahaprabhu in the most humble mood. It melted Mahaprabhu's heart. And Sanatana Goswami was then taken to the psychologist for, uh, they discovered he was depressed by his humility. No. It's not, the, it's not the humility that causes the depression. It's our psychology that causes it. <laughs> we, think, we think it's the humility that causes depression. Oh my God. This society has messed us up horribly and it just has a horrible effect on our bhakti. Hare Krishna. Okay, you could see I'm angry and the reason I'm angry is because it's, this affects so many devotees. And it's Maya at her best. Maya is, you know, every opportunity, she, any place she can step in, she does. And this is a great way for her to step in, you know takes a devotee, has got some low self-esteem, and she says, hey, devotee, look at you're trying to be a devotee. You're a total mess. You know, look at all your faults, you know. Look at the things you think about while you chant Hare Krishna. Why are you even chanting? You're just a fake. You should just give up and just, you know, go to the pub and have a good time. 
That's what she wants. <laughs> That's what she wants. Hare Krishna. All right. The, our classes are like Ravana's heads. I answer one question, we get 10 more. I think we're going to be here. We're going to have to... I think the problem is we're all going to have to come back and take birth again so we can finally answer all the questions because there will always be more. Ankush says, Why a person like Sishupal was able to merge in Krishna, whereas King Vena was not? None of them are humble because Sishupal was killed by Krishna personally. And King Vena wasn't. And Sishupal was Jai and Vijay, and Venu wasn't. That's all. That's it. No other answer. Ankush has revealed it's a Jainitai. A Jainitai, if Krishna kills you, you're good. If you're killed for your if you're killed because you're a demon like Venu, then you're not good. Mm. So Priyambada is going to analyze. So yeah, analyze it, Priyambada. Kopinath. I have a question, more like a situation. Old friend told me, bhakti should not be cumulative for what you have done in the past. You don't deserve to have that. You should start from zero. It makes sense. I do not know what to answer. Well, what bhakti should or shouldn't be has nothing to do with us. Swalpam Krishna says, whatever advancement you make, it remains. But the thing is, okay, let's say, Gopinath, you were making advancement in your last life. That's going to remain, but you have to access it in this life. So that's the balance between those two statements of Krishna saying, whatever advancement you've made, it's eternal, and the other statement, well, you can't just rest on your laurels as we say, well, I've done so much bhakti, so I'll just float. No. It just means that you take up where you left off. right? It's like, well, you've been to university for four years, but you don't have a master's. But if you go back to university, then you'll start, you work on your master's. So you start where you left off. Bhakti, then it's just like money, frozen money in the bank. So you've made all this advancement in your last life. It's of no value to you until you take up bhakti. And then Prabhupada says, you take up where you left off. So I think that person or that devotee was just kind of trying to use what he felt to be common sense. Or maybe he was making another point that you can't just, just think, well, I've done bhakti in the past, so I don't have to do anything now, which of course is true. Okay, let's look at, let's have a fault party. We'll all look at our faults. Okay, so everybody tell the person, tell somebody what's wrong with them. No, we're supposed to do that with ourselves. Although I did do a seminar where we did that. You got to tell everybody what was wrong with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle, you know, most people need to hear this. How do we know that something is our fault or something is our nature and we cannot change it and we have to accept it? Well, I think the best answer for that is don't make your nature your fault. (laughs) 
Prabhu, why are you angry? It's just my nature. What can I do? I just, I just get angry. Okay, so anger is all right. Just get angry at the right people for the right reason, at the right time and the right place. Then you're fine. But to get angry anytime, anywhere, at anybody for no good reason, then there you go. So, you, you know, one of the things I learned from my wife, really significant, she was giving a, a class on the six human needs. And everybody has these needs, but one of the most powerful points she made is that, that there's, there's healthy needs, and the same need can be healthy, fulfilled in a healthy way, and the same need can be fulfilled in an unhealthy way. So let's say you're angry or you're proud or whatever it is. This is my nature. Some people are actually proud by nature. They can also be humble. But, you know, so how to use your pride? Oh, you know, some, we, I know devotees, they're just like, they're entertainers. They're always in front of people and they love it and they like to be on stage. And Okay, so you might say, hey, that devotee's proud, whatever. But he's preaching to thousands of people. So, you know, he's purifying his pride. And he's not using his pride, you know, to just become famous, independent of Krishna. So, so it's like there's a healthy way to use everything. So yes, it's true we have nature, but use it in a healthy way. Like, like some devotees, they're like controllers. I love to control. Krishna says, "Ishvaroham humbogi." I am the controller. But when a devotee likes to control, it's just his nature. He doesn't think I'm the controller. He just likes to control. Okay, you like to control? Good. We make you temple president. We make you a leader or something, you know. Then you can control all you want, but you do it for Krishna, so you get purified. So no problem. Good question. Krishna, Krishna, you always have good questions. I sort of thought I was okay with having all my faults, but it is like I was totally blind to seeing how I actually respond. Total cognitive dissonance. Okay, so here's another point that we we look at a situation and then ask yourself, how am I responding to this situation? Am I responding in a healthy way or an unhealthy way? The situation may be toxic. The situation may be crazy. But how are you responding to it? That's the question. Right? So you could respond in a very bad way to a very good situation. You could just respond in a very good way to a very bad situation. So you can learn so much about yourself by looking at how you respond to situations. Yes or yes? This is this is important, you know. You like something's going on, and you're getting agitated, and you, then you stand back and look at it and, and ask yourself, "Do I really need to get agitated? Is that really a disturbing situation, or is it just I'm allow I'm just I get easily disturbed, and I allow myself to get disturbed, and this really should not be disturbing, and it's my nature, and I need to be aware of it, and I need to heal it, do something, transcend it, purify it, engage it." Awareness is so important, isn't it? And so I think a lot of us are not aware of how we react. And what we tend to think is when we react a certain way, we think, well, that's just normal. That's how everybody reacts in that situation, right? I've told this story before. It's so, it's so sad, it's funny, but it's sad. So 
we go to India, like 1974, 1975, 1976, those days, right? And we're, we're, we're Sankirtan devotees. We go out every day, we sell books. And we bring in like $50 a day, $100 a day, $150 in those days, $200 maybe on a weekend, you know. So when, when you're distributing books, you ask people for donations, you give them a Bhagavad Gita, you, you want to get at least $5, you know, Bhagavad Gita is worth so much more just materially, just for the cover and the paper, what to speak of the value of it, but just, just the material value is worth $5. is like wholesale. But we want to get at least $5 to pay for it. Distribute 20 Bhagavad Gitas, the temple says at least bring back $100, right? So that's the, the temples would buy the books, we would double the price, and then we would give half the money to the PPT to pay for the books, and then half would run the temple. So then, you know, we're Sankirtan devotees, we collect so much money, go out six days a week. So, you know, if somebody, if somebody gave you 10 cents for a book, that would be crazy. You know, sometimes they give three, four, two, but then someone gives 10 or 20, like no problem. So we're dealing with five, ten, a few dollars, right? We're not dealing with ten, fifteen cents. Then we get to India, and we go on the rickshaw walla, and the rickshaw walla, he finally figures out that Westerners have money, so the normal price is five rupees, but for us it's ten rupees. So in those days, he, he wouldn't even charge, he would just charge a rupee or two more. In those days, a rupee was like ten cents. So basically he was charging us 10 or 20 cents above what the locals would pay because he figured for us 10 or 20 cents is nothing, which is 100% true. And we would yell and scream and argue and practically beat him up over, you're cheating me. Okay, we don't want to be cheated. We don't want to, we don't want to waste Krishna's money, no doubt. <clears throat> and then we take the rickshaw down to Loy Bazaar and, and buy a Dodi and Korta for $50 after hassling and haggling. And so, you know, if you've ever done that, you might want to stop and think, uh, does this say anything about me? Or maybe I might just want to say, give him a tip because he's this poor, poor person, doesn't have much money. And for me, 50 cents or a dollar or 10 cents is absolutely nothing. Might want to think like that, right? Maybe, possibly. Yeah, of course. So these are the kinds of things we just want to look at when we're reacting to situations. You know, wait a minute. You told me this, but now you're telling me this. No, no, I didn't tell you that. Well, the way I understood it was this. No, I didn't mean that. Well, you know, we're like, and then we're getting. You ever done that? Or you ever been around a person who done done that? Well, if you do that, you know, maybe you should stop and say. Is this important? Like, like, what am I doing? Why am I tormenting this poor person? And some people do that. So that's all I'm saying. Um, reflect on how you respond. You might learn something about yourself. And then ask yourself, okay, now if Prabhupada were here, would he do the same thing? Would he respond the same way? Or if my Guru Maharaj was here, or if so-and-so Maharaj, or so-and-so Prabhu, or so-and-so Mataji, someone you respect, if they were in this situation, would they be screaming at this person right now? Uh, probably not. Well, maybe in some cases, but probably not. That's the point.
Okay, Chris Day saying, keep dishing out the sauce. We need it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of this morning walk where Prabhupada was on and he was chastising everybody. I, like, I don't know. I'm in a chastising mood. I don't know why. To advertise that there are qualified people to serve you. Secondly is um, pride that arose from, she's about the card. Well, all I can say is, Vijay Lakshmi, no one in America has cards like that. We would be embarrassed to have uh, like three, four, or five titles after our name. It'd be embarrassing. We would just feel like I'm, you know, tuning my own horn. People would look at your card and look at you and look at your card and look at you. And go, okay, uh, no, thank you. I'll go somewhere else. I think what's wrong with this person? It's pride that arose from humble beginnings, and they could do it. Yeah, that's how you see it. But I'm trying to tell you. Uh, I'm not trying. I'm trying to tell you that's that's all fine what you said, but it all stems from false ego. And what it does is it. it my whole point is it's like okay, it creates a standard. You know, to be accepted, to be valuable, to be considered a worthy person in the eyes of society, you have to have a few titles after your name, and if you don't... Okay, okay, Vijay Lakshmi. How many titles does Bill Gates have after his name? He was a university dropout. How about Steve Jobs? University dropout. How about... Who else? Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, I think, also. University dropout. Didn't bother them. They didn't have any titles. So it's American mentality is different. American mentality is like, you have a mission, you have an idea, you know. The best thing you can do is drop out of university because as long as you stay there, you're never going to do it. And as long as you stay in university, all you're going to do is become a shudra and just work for a company. Whereas if you're, you know, a vaisho or better, an inventive, creative person, their first idea is, I got to get out of here. I don't need all these titles. I have a mission. That's more of American mentality. I think. I don't know. I'm sure Indians have done that also, but maybe. Uh, yeah. You know what leads to this mentality? The perversion of the of the Varnashram. So it became caste system. So, you know, the only way in India now, tell me if this is right, Vijay Lakshmi, the only way in India now to upgrade your status is through education and wealth. Now, through education and wealth, even though you're so-called lower status, now you're higher because society respects education and wealth. But otherwise, you know, they just look at your name and that tells you what caste you're in. And people are like, well, you're a such and such? Don't get near me. Six feet is too close. So now you can, you know, you can, you can put a wrench in the, in the caste system by getting a good education and getting a lot of money. And now you're somebody. Or you can just leave India and just come to America and just be happy being a, a worker in a good company and having a nice home and you don't care so much anymore. This thinking is deeply embodied because of the deep hurt from society. Brahmins never suffered this. Exactly. It's the Brahmins' fault. I totally agree. The Brahmins are the ones who corrupted this Varnashram. I totally lost. 
It's going to take. You know what's going to cure this problem? The modernization of India will naturally cure it, because the more it becomes modern and westernized, the less tradition it will be, and and that's going to have problems. But it's also going to be good because all the traditional perverted stuff will also go away. So it's kind of like, you know what's better? Keep all the traditional stuff that is harming people and then you have the good traditional stuff or don't have any, you just have the Western. And so our idea is we'll just adapt everything in Krishna, the Krishna consciousness. What you just said about the stage and pride really needed to hear that. Hmm. Use it for Krishna. If I meet a devotee and I can see they have this bhav where like they're like they want to become famous, I go, okay, become famous for Krishna. And then I'll I'll append a little statement and be humble while you do it. So you could you I could have the desire to be famous. I want to be famous for Krishna. It's just natural. I like being in front of people. I want to be on TV, and you know, I can handle it. And f- pictures, you know, ten pictures a minute, and I'm fine with that. But at the same time, I can be humble. I'm doing this for Krishna, and so forth. Use your nature in a healthy way. Yeah. We have a question. Aldo has a question. Aldo, all the way from Chile. Isn't this interesting? There's a whole international group here. I want to tell you something. That I lived in Mauritius, and Mauritius is an island. It was, it was a unique culture because it, unless you're Mauritian, you wouldn't have the culture. And it's very a little bit like Indian culture, a little bit like French culture, but it had its own uniqueness. But whenever the Europeans visited or the Americans visited, I always saw the Europeans and Americans are like the same. Asians are a little different. You know, Australians, Americans, Europeans, you know, culture slightly different. Basically, we're the same. But now, more and more, the world is, you know, Indians, especially young Indians, are pretty much like everybody else. Much more. I mean, in those days, this was like 30 years ago, you know, Indians were Indian. Chinese were Chinese. Japanese were Japanese. And then Europeans, Western Europeans, Americans, South Americans, we're pretty much the same. But now it's like we have this big international group here. We're all, you know, it's like we're all kind of the same. So we have a question from Chile. Since I started chanting Japa until recently, I always saw it as a time where I and Krishna were alone and I could always express to him my feelings of asking him to be closer to him. Recently, I understood that the word I will is Srimata Radharani and that when I chant the mantra, I'm addressing Radha and Krishna. The word I will, I don't understand. But yes, you are addressing Radha and Krishna. In several of the meanings of the Mahamantra, it says, Krishna, I want to be pure. Krishna, please, I want to serve you. And Krishna Bhagavad Gita says, always think of me. Come, my devotees. So my... Chant is focused on Krishna or Radha. Radha Krishna, it's, it's focused on both because by Radha you get Krishna. By Krishna you get Radha. It feels different to personally chant to Krishna and to be alone with him. He's always at Radha, so you can't be alone with him. And then perhaps to be with Radha and Krishna. For now, in your position, um, by the mercy of Radha you get Krishna. 
She has Krishna's internal potency. She's the gateway to Krishna. She controls Krishna. So, And wherever there's Krishna, there's Radha. So you're never going to get Krishna alone anyway. Well, you might say, if I become a coward boy, I can be alone with him. Yeah, but he's thinking of Radha. Because at noon, he goes, he meets her. He leaves to meet her. So, yeah, Hare Krishna, Radha Krishna, Radha. Yeah, they're together. Well, if you want to get esoteric, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Radha and Krishna are together. Krishna, Krishna, Hare. Then it's just Krishna and Radha. Separation. Only Krishna, no Radha. And then only Radha, no Krishna. And Rama is Radha Raman. So then it's, again, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. But you don't have to worry about that yet. What we have to worry about is just waking up on time and getting our rounds done, basically. Um, but it is Radha and Krishna together. And by her mercy, you'll get Krishna. So you pray to Radha to get Krishna. Do you know where we can find the class about six necessities from your wife? Um, on SoundCloud. But we need someone, and we need a volunteer, to go through all the classes on SoundCloud and make up a, like a table of contents, which we can put on my website. So then you can just go on my website, write down, there must be like 50 subjects, and then we can put the link, and then you can go in, click on the class. The link will come up. Click on the link. It'll take you to SoundCloud. So we need a volunteer. All you have to do is go to SoundCloud and just write down the name of the class, copy the link, put the link under the name, and send it to Guru Nishta, and she'll put it on the website, or Sri Radha. Stephanie, I think you, are, you have an... Since you asked the question... You must be the person to do it. You have time to do it. That would be a great service. Um, it should be up there. So the problem when you go to SoundCloud is there's no table of contents. You just have to scroll one class after another. If you can't find it, let me know. We'll get it up there. Krista says, I keep having this question in my head. When we become purified and someday go back to Godhead, and later again, commit offenses in the spiritual world. You won't. Don't worry. Christe, once you get there, you're not getting out. And you're not committing offenses. Guilty. You have a guilty conscience. Prambhada, you also have a guilty conscience. What if I go back to Godhead and they don't like me up there? What if I go back to Godhead and do something stupid like I do here? Don't worry, you won't. And everyone will like you, and you'll like them. What if I go back to God and my old temple president is there? I hate him. Don't worry, you won't hate him up there. He'll be different. When So Ajayani Tai says, when we give a poor person money and he uses it for bad things, do we get the karma? Yes, you do. Definitely. Better give them prasadam. Reactions for certain situations are habitual. As you said, awareness is so helpful to see the pattern of behavior, start to work it in a way to break. Yeah. So it's also important. It's also important if it's habitual, you know. So then, Krishna Karshani, the question is what's habitual and what's my nature? And, and habitual was conditioned, it's not part of your nature, it was just learned. 
learned behavior. And even if it's part of your nature, then the answer is, as we said before, healthy. Do it in a healthy way. I have... Can you all wait one second? I just want to check my schedule because sometimes, occasionally, I have something at 9.30 and I don't know. And I didn't check my schedule. So I'm going to put you on pause for like 15 the road is clear. Okay. I just want to see where we are with questions. Okay, next question. In a relationship, is it right to want a person's nature to change a little bit to improve the relationship? Or is it unfair to want a person's nature to change? Um, I think it's the same answer. How can they apply that? You know, if it is their nature, then, you know, it's interesting because I have, I, I can speak from personal experience having been married. And sometimes I look at my nature and I think, part of my nature is not really good for marriage because I'm maybe a little too detached. Or I don't care about things enough that, you know, a husband should care about. I just like, I... I tend to just like care a lot about spreading Krishna consciousness, a lot about our philosophy, and not a lot about so many other things that would be important to the family. That's my nature. But I realized when you have a duty, even though it's your nature, still you can adjust and act in a way that is necessary for the situation. Like like some gurus, if you just if they could do whatever they want, they would just build a cave and just like you'd never see them again. Here's my computer. Take it. Here's my phone. Take it. I never want to talk to anybody again. I'm just going to stay here. They, you know, not all of them, but some would love to do that. But they're very out in the world and and so on and so forth, because that's what has to be done for service. Some gurus are very introverted, but they have, you know, you know, Radhana Swami is actually introverted, but you, maybe if you don't know him, you wouldn't know that, because he's very out there, compassionate, giving, he's on a lot of TV shows, and but he's not by nature extroverted person. But he's doing extroverted work, because that's what's necessary. So you can adapt. I would say, if you're in a situation, like you're saying a relationship, and, and your nature is not working in the relationship, you, you can adapt it. It may even be fake. Your nature hasn't changed, but you're not necessarily acting on your nature in every situation because it wouldn't be helpful. The problem in your question, Hemanti, is that you're probably thinking it's your husband who needs to change. And so what I just said would be something he would have to realize. I mean, if you could help him realize it, that would be nice. But you can't just go, okay, we're going to change you. Better husband now. It's not that easy. I wish it were that easy. We could create a machine that would change husbands. Like, oh, just step on the machine and the wife would put in the dial. Okay, softer, more emotional. Um, not doesn't work, you know, spends more time with the family like then just and there he is. The perfect husband. Hmm. Sorry, I don't have that machine.
Yeah. Maybe through your communication, it can work that way, but maybe not. Maybe you could just pray. Or maybe you could just say, you know, could you be a little more like this? That would be nice. Go, Mati. Um, now you're all thinking, hmm, does someone have that machine? I have to find that machine. That would be an interesting machine, right? Probably someday they'll have that machine. Have all these diodes hooked on your head and reorient your brain. So the real aggressive people become calm. The like overly complacent people become enthusiastic. The uncontrolled people become controlled. The, the overly um, too serious people kind of balance out. Yeah. yeah. In the future, probably we won't have to do anything. We'll just have diodes or chips put in and, you know, everything you need to be and know will just happen like, zit, zit, zit. Okay. Now you're a PhD in physics. You know, you got the chip in. Uh, you're five, 10 times more intelligent than Albert Einstein could ever imagine being. Okay. See you later. That That will be $25, you know. That'll be my book. What twenty? Well, it won't be twenty eighty four. It'll be maybe twenty one eighty four. Maybe twenty eighty four. That'll happen. You put the chip in like a five year old, and he recites the Bhagavatam. You know all the shlokas. You know. I don't know. If I were you, I'd go back to Godhead before all that happens, because when that happens, it's going to be weird. And my prediction is people are going to be marrying robots. They'll actually have official weddings with robots. And in one place, a robot became a citizen. Did you know that? So robots will become citizens. Then they'll have the debate, well, these robots actually, are they actually people? Or, you know, what are they? And then all the fools who've never read Bhagavad Gita will, will, will say, no, they should become citizens and they can marry them legally and they'll have legal weddings with the robots and she'll be walking or he'll be walking and, and everyone will be crying, oh, she's so beautiful. And they'll, they'll kind of forget the robots are... People. Aren't people, excuse me. You forgot to read my last comment about the solution. What's the solution? Okay. Um, I missed it. Can you write your comment? How to deal with inferior complex when you feel you are not... You're not inferior. You are a great person and, and devotee. So here we have a problem. The problem is... I should not think I'm a great devotee. I should not even think I'm a devotee. I should think I'm trying to be a devotee. And then if I say that, everyone with low self-esteem will start crying now. So that's the balance we have to make. No, I'm not inferior. But a pure devotee thinks I'm lower than a blade of grass. That's pretty inferior, isn't it? So there, there has to be a balance. That is not a realization that we have or can expect to have soon. You're not inferior as, an, as a spirit soul. You're all equally Krishna conscious and you're all equally endowed with all the qualities, 54 qualities of the jiva. And you all have equal potential to be devotees. But we do have faults. And we just have to be able to be okay with the faults. It doesn't... It doesn't the point is, when you see the fault, it doesn't minimize who you are. It's just like a dirty dish. The dish is still beautiful, it's just dirty. You're all, okay, today's class is entitled, You're all like, we're all like dirty dishes. We're all like beautiful, dirty dishes. So don't lament when the dish is dirty, 
just wash it and again you will see that beautiful dish shine so you may have some bad qualities it doesn't mean you are bad it just means you have some dirt on the dish that's all Priyambada, a little dirt on the dish but otherwise you are pure Jagisuta das any relation to Jagi Vasudev? Thank you for the wonderful videos. As a fellow music producer, it would be so nice to see a video about your process for producing music, your flow, your setup, etc. Oh, you want to see what I do? I have to make a video of me in front of my computer going, Ah, why doesn't that work? <laughs> you want to hear something really funny? fellow music producer. So I'm mixing something, right? And I mix it and I play it back and it plays a previous mix. I go, that's weird. So then I mix it again and it plays a previous mix. So then I mix it without a certain track and it, and it plays the new mix. So you go, and I'm sitting there going, hmm, hmm. Turn the computer off, turn it on. Still the same problem. Try it like six times, and then finally in the seventh time it works. So if you want a video of me in my studio, you're going to see me screaming at my computer. And as I often joke, the reason I have no hair is because... Ah, ah, ah. I just had an experience... I had an experience yesterday of loading some samples on my computer and following their instructions again and again not working not working not working not working not working and i'm just going to reboot my computer today and see if it's actually working now it's always usually one little thing you overlook that they forgot to put on their website or they put it on but it's like they're from germany and so the way they tell you to do it their brain works differently so the, how they say to do it and how you're supposed to do it. Well, we didn't really mean that, even though we said like that. Really, we meant it's like that, but we thought you knew that when we say this, it means that. I'm like, okay. After I, you know, call them and go on hold for 15 minutes to finally talk to someone. Yeah, God, how can I help you? Uh, well, I did this and that. Yeah, we said that on our website, but really there's a mistake. We haven't corrected it yet. Ah! So now you know why I don't have any hair. And it's at those moments, I think, all I need is this. Throw away the computers. Throw away the keyboards. Throw it all away. Just give me a cave and my beads and I'll be happy. <laughs> I don't know, Jagisutta. Maybe you haven't had that problem. And if you haven't, maybe you need to come here and just take over. Do all the work for me. How to deal with infinity? I see a question here of Gomati, but uh, how to deal with it? But I can't get the see the whole thing. How to deal with it? Okay, Stephanie will do it. So you just go to SoundCloud and you just go on there and save the link, write the title, make a Word doc, and send it, and then. All you have to do is go to my website and every class that I've given, it'll be listed and then you just go, oh, I want to hear that class. And then you click and then a link will come up or it'll take you right to the class. You just click, boom, done, fantastic.
Do you know how many like topics? There was probably at least 50 topics I've talked about. There's a lot of information. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, people say, Mahatma Prabhu, do you, do you do counselor training? I say, just listen to my classes. You'll, if you listen to my classes, you'll be a good counselor. Guaranteed. Without official certificate. Krishna Krishna said, you said that to purify our nature, we should engage our nature. How to do not be defeated by our nature? Yeah, that's the question. We can have controlling nature and start to be in charge of something and then just be nice when you control. And stay away from control. And we start to abuse devotees, exactly. <laughs> so maybe if we want to control better, stay away from controlling, then we'll still be more safe. My point is that engaging our nature seems to be a bit risky. Yeah, if you're sattvic, say, you say, well, control is like rajasic. You say, but, you know, but because we're devotees, we live, we want to live a brahminical sattvic life. So I have a desire to control. I like to manipulate material energy. Give me a project. Give me people. Give me resources. And I'll just, I love it. I love it. I'm in charge. 20 people in my room ask me questions at the same time. Three phones ringing at the same time. WhatsApp buzzing off my phone. I love it. I love it. Just, you know, some people are like that, isn't it? And if you take them on vacation, some quiet island, they'll sit there and they'll like be stressed out. Like completely. It's like, I have nothing to do here. I'm getting really stressed. <laughs> isn't it? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> so the point is... If you're sattvic, if you're Krishna conscious, then you could take that nature. And it's not its not like, but because I have a controlling nature, I'm going to drive everybody crazy that gets within 10 feet of me. It doesn't have to be that way. That's the rajasic part of it. But being devotee, being at least sattvic, then whatever we do according to our nature, we'll do it sattvic. Okay, well, I like to do music. You want to hear what I've done? And I, I turn it on, it's like... You'd be, you'd be thinking like what is he doing right well I'm just engaging my nature Prabhu you know Krishna Krishna and then you know 10 minute guitar solo and then Krishna Krishna 20 minute guitar solo just doing it for Krishna Prabhu and you'd look at me and you'd think hmm hmm something's wrong with this music here I'm just engaging my nature, you know. I come from a heavy metal background. Well, no, engage your nature to do music, but refine it. You know, maybe you could do something a little nicer, softer, so we could actually listen to it rather than, you know, putting us in the mode of ignorance by listening to what you've done. So it's something like that. So don't blame your nature. <laughs> here's the here's the punchline, Krishna Krishna. When you do something that's not Krishna conscious, don't blame it on your nature. Blame it on yourself, not being Krishna conscious, not in your nature, because your nature can be used in a sattvic way. That's the point. That's the answer I was looking for, and it just came out. Right? Hey, it's 9.20. Now we can go back to the questions we originally decided we were going to answer. If I can get my computer to turn on. I have to plug it in. Hare Krishna.
Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to go down your list of if these are. Krishna's mother is becoming Krishna conscious, at least starting. She's living at her house. How can I get a link to the upcoming meeting? Oh, it's too late. So this question, we I think we went, had this question, wonder what he said, their guru will take them back to Godhead, not Prabhupada. They will both. How do you explain to such devotees? It said, Prabhupada's taking us and back to Godhead, and, and the Guru is his representative. So he's gathering everybody up, giving them to Prabhupada. Prabhupada's the captain of the ship. Guru should be at least on Madhyam platform, not Kanishta. That's the question. Can be Kanishta, but better, at least Madhyam. You know, We don't. Prabhupada's not really creating kanishta. Kanishta, but kanishta means lower, madhya middle, and uttama higher or highest. So, Prabhupada's training us to be broad-minded. He's training us to respect Vaishnavas. He's training us to be compassionate to go out. These are symptoms of the second-class devotee. And yes, someone is a guru, he should be. But sometimes one becomes a guru because they inspire people. And so I think the best answer for this is that the job of the guru is to become Krishna conscious and make others Krishna conscious. So if you're going to become a guru, get busy becoming Krishna conscious. Hmm. Okay, we have a lot of comments. Katie said, I'm going crazy even without being a perfectionist. And then I commented last time, that's her constitutional position to be going crazy. And if she's not going crazy, she might think something's wrong. And then she'll go crazy again. Right, Katie? <laughs> do you do you realize you know that, that little joke I told about this really busy person going to the beach in some island and getting stressed out because there's nothing to do? Well have you ever met a person that likes to worry? And when there's Nothing to worry about. They get worried. I think someone's at the door. Maybe it's a deer. Let me look. No. Well, I don't know if you're like this, but some people are like this. Like they need things to worry about. 
and they get worried if there's nothing to worry about. Now, there are all kinds of strange, strange ways we think about things. So it's just, it's nice to look at our nature and understand it a little better. Um, right? Going crazy without being a perfectionist, yeah. But, you know, so it's like, some people like, this is true, this sounds crazy, some people like excitement in their life, so they create problems so there'll be excitement. I've seen it personally. I'll tell you a story, this is so interesting. You're going to say, oh my Govinda, did that really happen? It did happen. So, every December in Los Angeles, we'd have these huge Christmas marathons. And there's like so many devotees who go out, hundreds of devotees, and it's like, you know, so many problems and this and that and whoa. So one year we decided to organize it. It was so well organized, it was like if you came to the temple, you'd have no idea there was a marathon. It was like everything was just like normal. It was clockwork. Everything was oiled. The machine was oiled. And one of the the Sangerton leaders there, he thrives on things like being needed. And when things go bad, he's on the phone and, you know, putting out the fires, and that's what really excites him. And this year, there were no fires to put out because everything was so well organized, and he was going crazy. He was going, it's like he didn't know what to do. He was just twiddling his, waiting for the phone to ring and twiddling his thumbs, and it's not ringing. And he's just like waiting hours doing nothing, waiting. So... You know, he should have been ecstatic that things are so well organized, but he wasn't ecstatic at all. He was he was going literally nuts because he wanted to put out fires. So <laughs> with a person like that, they might manage they might manage in a way that things are disorganized enough that they have to like put out the fires to keep them excited and keep them feeling valued. So, believe it or not, it happens. And I'm only saying this just so you can reflect on if you have a mentality that could be in somewhat, some ways similar. So, Katie, it's okay not to be crazy. You don't have to be crazy. Katie, you say, okay, everything can just be normal, normal, normal. You don't have to worry. And Every once in a while, Katie writes me with, there's some trauma going on. And I'm thinking, I wonder if she likes trauma because there always seems to be one. And just when one trauma is ended, it seems like there's a new one. And I'm thinking, maybe she likes trauma. Katie, maybe you like trauma and you don't realize it. <laughs> mm. So, do I have a recording of Shishashtakam? Yes. If you go to mahatmasmusic.com, everything is there. No apostrophe. Or you just, you know, you can Google Shishashtakam in my name, it may come up. Krishna Karshani says, sometimes we may gratificate, that's not a word. <laughs> Could, we could make it a word, Krishna Karn. Uh, Krishna Karshan. Okay, I'm going to start using. I was gratificating my senses, and people are looking at me like gratificate. It's gratified. 
gratifying. I was gratifying my senses. I had a great day of sense gratification. Yeah. It's hard. You know, English is a bad language. Yeah. Uh, we may gratify our senses, the name of devotional service. We may say we do it for Krishna, but we do it to enjoy ourselves. And, and yes, it's true. Prabhu, why are you eating so much chocolate? It's for Krishna. That's all offered to Krishna. It's for devotional service. You know, it, it's okay to say I'm doing this because I like to do it. At least put Krishna in the mix somewhere. Yeah, figure out how Krishna can fit it. Yeah, okay, I like to do this. It, again, it it all it's all about being honest. Priyavada made this Priyavada made a really cool poster, which will you'll get to see. Or maybe we posted it on Facebook already about the price for going back to Godhead 16 rounds. So I'm looking at your questions. But now it's time to end class. So if any of you are interested at noon, we're going to be chanting Japa. Yapa. And um, there's probably some things going on this weekend. You want me to check? Just hold on and I will tell you. As many of you know, we're, we're having a meeting tomorrow. We have two times. One's at 6 a.m. my time and one's at 7 p.m. my time. And we're going to be talking about preaching. And um, there's a lot going on that you don't know about. And there's a lot of help that I need from all of you. So we invited all the devotees especially the disciples and all those who are helping us with the preaching, and all the disciples for the meeting so we can inform you because a lot of devotees don't really know what I'm doing and what others are doing, and even the ones who know what we're doing don't actually know what everyone else is. I just talked to a devotee that helps me a lot, and I said, do you know what so-and-so is doing? And she said, no, I don't. There's a lot going on that, that would be very helpful for you to know in your own preaching area and helpful to know because then you could help us do it as well. So that has been advertised somewhere, not on Facebook, but in, I think, the Disciples WhatsApp and mm, I don't know, who knows where that's advertised? Disciple mailing list. That's what's going on. And there's... And the Chinese class is not going on. And there's something else going on. Hold on. No, that's all that's going on. And Sunday is the kirtan. And then next week, I know it's going to be a depressing week for you. Next week, no morning classes. Uh, give me time to catch up and spend a little more time with my wife. And um, maybe even go to the beach for a day. Badahari lives at the beach, so we have a place we can stay, hopefully. And um, I need to go to the beach and swim in the ocean. It's really good for me. I think I was a fish in my last life, and I would have become a fish in my next life if it wasn't for Prabhupada. So there are there were, there are a few classes here and there next week, but not the morning class, so you can look. And um, I think today's class was valuable. 
and we'll we still have some questions left that we haven't answered so we will see you we will see you at noon if you want to chant with us yeah Hare Krishna to everyone. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Go Brahmanandi.